The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, Bible teacher Beth Moore helps us avoid the nets that can trap our hearts. Because I didn't realize until I, I read the verse. Now I'm gonna tell you something up front and I want you to stay there because we're gonna talk this thing through together. I, I'm in, in net recovery, <laughs> truly. I've had a netty heart my own self, anybody? You've heard of a netty pot? We're talking netty heart here. Getting out of the net, next. Welcome to Life Today. We've given James and Betty a very well-deserved day off, but I'm so thrilled with what we have to share with you. One of my favorite Bible teachers on the planet, and I'm sure yours too, is of course Beth Moore. And so what we'd like to bring to you is a second part of a teaching that Beth has talked about. Um, it's about, it's called Out of the Net. And I think as you listen to what Beth has to share, Perhaps it will strike some chords in your own heart. I pray that the Holy Spirit will really minister to you and, and you'll be able to understand the depth of what Beth is sharing and find a new freedom. So let's watch Beth. Ecclesiastes 7. 26. I love it in the ESV. I want you to hear the wording here. I mean, this is strong. And I find something more bitter than death. The woman whose heart is snares and nets and whose hands are fetters. He who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. I'm going to read that again in just a moment, but I want to say something to you, gentlemen. I, I do hope that perhaps a single man might be watching or tuning in somehow. Um, I do think it's a warning and I think it's well taken. So I, I do hope somebody hears it, that it's not necessarily the one being talked about, but is at risk of a relationship with someone just like this. So now I wanna read it again with that uh, in mind. And I find something more bitter than death. The woman whose heart is snares and nets and whose hands are fetters. A woman whose heart is snares and nets. I, I want you to write down number two and we're about to talk about it. A heart can twist into a net. A heart can twist into a net. Now let that just sink in a moment. We're going to talk about it for a few minutes, so let's, let's explore it. But I, I want you to think this through. I want you to hear it in the Holman Christian Standard because it says it with less words and you'll still hear the word net. And I find more bitter than death, the woman who is a trap. Everybody call the woman who is a trap. Everybody say the words. Say it one more time. And then it says, her heart a net and her hands chains. Her heart is a net. Wow. Wow. One of my uh, commentators pointed out that it's really not talking about a prostitute. 
You know, he certainly does go there with his um, warnings toward his son, but it's not talking in this context here. It's not talking necessarily about woman folly. One of the things that the commentator pointed out was that anyone can have a heart that is turned in to Annette. And I mean, it just like troubled me and it seems reasonable to me because I thought, how in the world does a heart turn into a net? And I thought to myself, it seems reasonable to me that if your feet have been in a net long enough, if your feet have made their home in a net, in other words, we don't escape it. Maybe we know where we don't know how to get out of it. Maybe we don't want out of it. We're just standing with our feet in a net. If our feet become at home in a net, a net can become at home in our heart. Anybody get that with me? Once our feet get like, we're home here. This is how my, this is how my feet usually feel, real, really comfortable in this net. You stay there long enough and that net will find its home in your heart. And that is a dangerous dangerous thing. It just, I picture it with me because I, I, I began to, I'm a visual learner or, or many of you and I lo love images in my head and I just thought, you know, once you stand here long enough, it's, it's like that net just like crawls up your leg like poison ivy until it just grows around and overtakes the heart and that net that has been under our feet just begins to overtake the heart. Now let's talk about what she would look like and I'm going to say to the gentleman too, think, is this you? Is this you? So let's have, have it both genders here because anybody's heart can turn into a net and we need to be aware of it. We want to be aware of it in our relationships. We want to, want to be aware of it most when we look in the mirror and look into our own lives and the way we do our relationships. Have you ever um, known a, a woman that you cannot just be friends with? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have to get all tangled up with them. And, you know, just here recently, I've had to put a little distance between myself and someone I really love because I didn't realize until I, I read the verse. Now, I'm going to tell you something up front, and I want you to stay there because we're going to talk this thing through together. I, I'm in, in net recovery, <laughs> truly. I've had a netty heart my own self, anybody? You've heard of a netty pot? We're talking netty heart here. <laughs> And it's not any prettier than a neti pot. Don't even think about it. So, I, listen, I'm recovering, so I get that. But I, I was just thinking to myself after I saw the verse, it's kind of what I'm trying to get a breather from. You know, it's just like, whoa, whoa, where there is so much drama that you just can't breathe. And, and I think if we're trying to, to picture what it looks like, um, I, I think that with a, a woman who has a heart that is turned into a net, befriending turns into belonging. Is anybody stepping in that with me? Uh, where you can't just like, why can't we just like be friends? <laughs> do, you, do you ever get the feeling like suddenly, I don't know how I suddenly belong to her. <laughs> how did that happen? Really, really, really possessive. Um, if it's been a long time since you've been anywhere without your friend, she's probably a tad netty. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Like, if you no longer know what it's like to be alone, or let me, can we just be so brave as to say, if that's us, if we have a friend that we're scared to death, that if we leave them alone for uh, a, a 24 hour period of time, they're gonna get a new best friend. And so like, then it may be us. And we're in net recovery in this series. Because that's the kind of like just sticky, just sticky. A woman whose heart is a net is, can be a woman that won't let go, just won't let go. And this can be true in a friendship or a romantic context. I, I thought it was interesting. I was thinking today that uh, we have a name for it, strangely. We have a name for it when it's men. We just don't call it the same thing when it's women. You know what we call them? Stalkers. <laughs> you want to hear something interesting? My, my ministry would be able to... Um, affirm what I'm about to tell you. I've had about four uh, what I would call that finally ultimately qualified as stalkers. And I want you to understand something. Only one of them was a man. One was a man. And he was not the, the big dangerous one. Women can be netty. <laughs> Women can refuse to let go. Women can decide that they own you. And it's, it's really interesting how we do because once we realize we're kind of caught, then we want out. It's the, I mean, it's just nature. It's just nature because the, the, the relationships you and I enjoy the most are the ones that we know we could, we could step back from if we needed to. But the more caught I feel, the more I want to run. Is it just me? Um, a woman with a netty heart really wants to be loved. But if love wears out, she'll settle for obligation. Uh, a, a woman with a netty heart can be, this is a word I felt like God gave me and then he confirmed it in his word, ingratiating. Anybody know what I mean by that? I, I looked it up in the dictionary to be sure that I had the right concept in my mind. When somebody ingratiates themselves into your life, I found this definition um, in a dictionary. It says this, to ingratiate means to bring oneself into favor with someone by flattery or trying to please them to bring oneself into favor with someone by flattery or trying to please them. You're in Ecclesiastes. I'm wondering if I want to let you let it go yet. Go with me. To, I think so. Go with me to Proverbs 29.5. Proverbs 29.5. I want to show you something. Anybody just glad to be in the Word of God? I tell you, I'm going to learn something in this series about having a healthier heart. And I don't just want to like be sitting across the table from somebody in a restaurant going, Nettie, she's Nettie. <laughs> I want my finger to point in before it points out. So I don't want to be Nettie. I came out of this thinking, Lord, I'm going to tell you something. I want you to pluck my feet out of any net because I don't want people to feel like when they come in a relationship with me, they're all wound up in it all wound up in a tangled knot. Look at Proverbs 29, 5. I thought this was so interesting. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. A man who flatters his neighbor. Now, neighbor just is friend. Very often it's the same word that is in Hebrew for friend. I don't know if it is there or not, but uh, for them, they're, only their neighbors were their friends. You get that with me? I mean, they, you know what? They just, I mean, they had no way to travel like we do all over the place. They didn't have email. Uh, their best friends were their neighbors. 
So let's give it a, a nice broad range. But it says that flattery uh, gets people's feet caught in a net. And, and how would that be true? Well, let me tell you, this is part of what ingratiating does. Have you ever had someone come into your life that just cannot say enough good about you? Well, they like your hair. And they're like, how do you do your eyeliner? And like, gentlemen, I'm sorry. Okay, what can I say about you? They like your team. They like, uh-huh, they like, you look like you look, you're, you're really, really working out. You're good at what you do. I mean, there's a lot of building up, a lot of building up. And let, let me assure you that I'm not talking about encouragement. The Word of God calls us to encourage people, uh, to affirm people in their faith. It even tells us to honor our leaders. Uh, we're told to honor one another, but that's different than flattery. Uh, flattery um, has an, uh, an element of deceit to it. Uh, flattery is a compliment wearing a cloak. Uh, flattery is, uh, has, has a, 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 the whole idea of it is what it's going to bring to the person who is doing the flattering and not just what it's going to do for the person who is being flattered. Very, very important difference. And you know what it's like because someone will come in and I'm going to just be all like that and they'll, and boy, you want that because it's addictive. I mean, it's addictive. Flattery is very addictive. Affirmation uh, can be addictive. And, and so here's what happens. If they're really good at it, if they've, if they've really been in a net long enough where their heart has been overtaken by a net, they're really, really netty of heart, what's going to happen is when um, the time is right, I'm not saying it's this conscious, but I mean it is. it happens like clockwork, then they begin to withhold it. Have you ever like gotten in the car with somebody, you're used to them pumping you up all the time, and this time they don't say anything, and you knew you looked cute when you got in. So <laughs> you don't know what went wrong here. And You understand what I'm saying? Maybe you're a singer. You know what I'm talking about, that you have that person that says, I mean, they just tell you every time, no one sings like you. And I mean, it's just like, and then, but that time, right afterwards, they don't say it. And when you miss it, you know you're an addict. Flattery. It's a lot of ingratiating going on with a woman who has a netty heart and notice that you say what's wrong and they always go, nothing, nothing, and you're wound in because now you're netty with them. <laughs> I wrote this down too. I'm all, we're about to get out of our misery in just a minute. Are y'all still, still hanging in there? Are you still out there? I need to know if you're still watching. Uh, you may have turned it off and uh, you're trying to like untangle yourself and, and go to work, but stay in there for just a moment. But I, Something else that dawned on me that I wrote down in my notes is that sometimes uh, people get you in a net by getting you to tell them things that are so private that later you won't let go of them because they know too much. Who is it that you really know is extremely unhealthy for you, but the truth of it is they know too much? That's netty. That's netty. If you can't trust them outside your intimate boundaries, you're in a net. And we've got the God who is going to pull our feet out of a net. You know, for some people, you know, we've got to have a little mercy on them because it's the only way they think they can stay in a relationship is that they just have to belong. You have to belong to them and they have to belong to you. 
And I, I thought to myself, you know, one way we know we've been in a net if long after that relationship has soured, we still have all manner of debris in our heart. I wonder who I'm serving today that has a heart just like full of debris. I just started picturing an old screen door. Can you picture it with me? Kind of torn up on the edges. Insects in it. Dust in it. Leaves stuck in it. Have you ever felt like long after relationship was over, you still got all this debris in your heart because somehow that net just was infectious. Crawled right down that person's leg and right up yours and into your heart. I thought, it takes a brave heart to admit it's a net heart. And I love 1 Peter 1, It's one of my memory verses from here um, recently. It says, love each other earnestly from a pure heart. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. We were meant to love one another deeply, but not with a netty heart. And you'll get to where now, since you've heard the verse, it will start being so obvious to you. Lord, we want to see it in our own hearts. I come with such gratitude to God for James and Betty Robinson. They are such tremendous people of God, and I not only love them and have so much respect uh, for what they bring to the body of Christ, I also get a huge kick out of them, and I, I love them dearly. So I'm so grateful. Keith and I both love the privilege to serve with them. And I want to tell you something. On Wednesdays, we get this opportunity. This is the outreach that we do on Wednesdays. But somebody else on the other side of the world uh, doesn't even have clean water to drink. They can't even get their minds wrapped around weekly Bible study because they're trying to stay alive. There are people that don't have enough food to eat, and there are outreaches of life that are meeting those kinds of needs. So I love being part of a ministry that has a broad range perspective on the gospel of the living Christ. So thank you so much, not only for participating on Wednesdays, but in all the outreaches of life. We are so grateful, and may God bless you. Don't you just love her? So beautiful and inspirational. And actually, we have something that we're very excited to share with you. It's a new audio teaching. It's called Living Your Destiny. And Beth is one of the teachers on it. It's Beth Moore, Lisa Bevere, Christine Kane, Sarah Jakes Roberts, and a young Scottish girl called Sheila Walsh. But we're very excited about that. It's really some powerful teaching on how to go from where you are right at this moment in your life and to discover your God-given destiny. One of the things that's become really clear to me, your history does not dictate your destiny. When your life is in the hands of God, anything is possible. But I love that Beth stands with us in feeding um, children who are so desperate for spiritual food, but initially so desperate to simply have one clean, good meal. I think when you see this, you'll think, you know what? I can do something. Please, watch this. 
I love this continent and the more that I travel here, the more I uh, realize that uh, my heart is over here. And so it's when you see the suffering of your sisters and your brothers and your people around you that your heart begins to break. It's, it's, it hurts to see uh, young kids suffer so much. It breaks my heart completely in two, knowing that there's so many thousands of kids all across this continent that even today, maybe, won't make it. They won't live another day because they don't have food, they don't have what they need to, uh, to survive. So every bowl of food that, that we serve is also a reminder that there's probably a hundred times or a thousand times more kids that don't get that bowl of food. And that breaks my heart. And I'm reminded of the words that Jesus said when he said he left the 99 to fetch that one. Sometimes it feels hopeless to, to go about such a big mission, but if we do it together and say, yeah, I'm gonna save one, just one. I'll save one. If nothing else, I'm gonna save one little child. Just one. Last week, my husband and I decided we'd go see a movie. We're trying to be more responsible with our finances, so we didn't buy popcorn and we didn't get sodas, we just brought water from home. And when I got home, I realized that we'd spent $30 on two movie tickets. Do you know that $30 which feeds three children for three months? $30 would feed three children for three months. $50 would feed five children for three months. $100 would feed 10 children for three months. Which what we want to do in these villages is to provide food for children at school. If we even provided like a thousand, we'll help a hundred children. But here's what I think is fascinating. Some of you could do a little bit more. $1,400 were sponsored feeding a whole school for three months, $1,400. And for those of you who've been placed in a situation where you've been you know, entrusted with more resources, which is such a gift, because you got to give more, $5,600 will sponsor feeding for a school for a whole year. Can you imagine? I mean, some people spend that on a suit, you know, some people on a purse. That would feed a whole school for, for a whole year. And the thing that, as I watch that story, and I'm about to go back, to Angola and be able to bring back fresh stories is this is not just business as usual. This is a crisis here. Can you imagine as a mom that you can't give your child one meal a day? We can do something. I mean, I just, I felt so strongly when I saw that piece that, you know, we are the body of Christ. We are his hands and feet on this earth. And all of us, every single one of us can do something. Maybe you think $30 is a lot. Why don't you join together with two friends and think we could all do, we could all do $10. That would give three children food for three months. It's amazing. 
Christ has left us here not just to wait to get rescued out of here. He has left us here to make a difference. That little one had no choice as to which part of the world he was born in. No more than my son had any choice about being born into a family where we were able to provide a lot for him. But I think of these moms and I, I think of how much you long as a mother to be able to provide clean water and food for your children. So please, would you do something? You'll see a number on your screen. Dial that number or go online, go to lifetoday.org and give your best gift possible. If all you can give is $30, the angels will be celebrating. If you decide you can do a whole year for school, that would be fantastic. But let's feed these children in Jesus' name. In remote and impoverished areas of Africa, families are suffering, facing death by starvation. And those hit the hardest are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, ready to feed and care for these children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With all of our previous reserves gone and Southern Africa facing its worst drought and food shortage in years, we urgently need to replenish our food supplies to reach 400,000 children counting on us. Your life-saving gift of 30, 50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Please also consider a special gift of $1,400 to help sponsor a school and help feed 140 children for three full months. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the brand new audio series, Living Your Destiny. Hear five outstanding Bible teachers and women of faith share how to live the life God destined for you. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive The Longing in Me by Sheila Walsh and Unashamed by Christine Kane. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more, be sure to request Majesty, our 2016 commemorative bronze sculpture. Please call. Write or go online today and make your gift of life to help feed and care for hungry children. No way for me to tell you how grateful I am to see these bags of food. I'm told over 70,000 meals on this one load. Betty and I started out really helping Peter feed 10,000 children. Now we're approaching nearly a half million. And I just say thank God because I've seen so many things happen. Children that were dying are now being fed and going to school. It's all because of the food factory. It's all because of mission feeding and mission feeding is all because of you. I'm saying to you right here from a miracle in Africa, you are the reason for the miracle. To God be the glory, but it's God's love being expressed through you. And you are glorifying God by your action and by your gifts. Thank you for helping. Let's keep doing it. Thank you so much. Thank you for making a difference. Thank you for changing the destiny of children all around the world. We'll see you next time. God bless.
in his new book, The Stream, James Robison charts a plan for spiritual revolution in America. The Stream, available now online and at retail bookstores. I want to believe that I'm better than the mistakes that I've made. Sarah Jakes Roberts, daughter of Bishop T.D. Jakes, next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.